You're a tiger. Rawr. Well, shake and bacon. Welcome back for another episode of Personal Finance from the Hilltop. I'm your host, Kyle Hill. And on today's episode, we're back at it again. We have some special guests making their first appearance on the show, but hopefully not their last, as we continue our roundtable series I'm calling, What the Hell Is? On this episode, we're talking about what the hell is a financial plan. And I'm joined by certified financial planners, Brandy Brandstetter of Beyond Wealth and Clint Haynes of NextGen Wealth. As I mentioned, both are certified financial planners, they're also members of Kansas City Financial Advisors Network, or as we like to call it, KC Fan. It's a network of independent financial advisors and financial planners that are local to the Kansas City area. Um, doesn't mean they just work with folks in the Kansas City area, though. Um, if you're looking for an advisor that you can trust to put your financial interests above your own, check it out. It's a great group of folks. We need to get a hashtag KC Fan going. I just need to figure out how this whole hashtag thing works. Anywho. Before we dive into that, I need to remind you that this is for educational purposes only and not meant to be taken as advice because I'm not your advisor. However, I could be if I did my proper due diligence and evaluated your personal situation. And the best way to get that process started is to schedule a call with me. And you can do so by going to my website located in the show notes. That's me pointing down to the show notes. And with that, here we go. All right. Welcome back for another episode. Uh, today we have two new faces on the show today. So um, first we have Brandy, Brandy Brandstetter of Beyond Wealth. Is that, did I pronounce that right? You Brandy. got it. Okay. She is a certified financial planner. We also have our other guest is Clint Haynes of NextGen Wealth. Both are firms here in the Kansas City area. Brandy, you're in Overland Park, correct? Yep. And Clint, you are in Lee Summit. I am. A certified financial planner as well. All three of us are members of the Kansas City Financial Advisors Network. And uh, that's a pretty cool deal um, that they've set up for us. I, I told them on the last show, I've just been kind of riding the coattails. Mike was on guy who built our built the website so um but uh good group of folks and i wanted to bring you on to help me with uh this this next topic that we're going to talk about um but maybe take a minute to introduce yourselves to the audience uh to the listeners I haven't had you on before brandy um in my household it's always ladies first so please yeah absolutely well thanks for having me on today and just um to kind of expand on the introduction that Kyle gave me. Um, I'll say that I am the co-founder and also lead financial planner at Beyond Wealth. And we really focus and specialize in working with um, mid-career professionals and people who are in the wealth accumulation process, really try to figure out how to utilize their money as a tool to try to create a very unique life um, that fits their values and their goals for what they want to see for the future. I've been in the industry for over 15 years now and um, really enjoy the work that I get to do and really get to enjoy um, 
other colleagues and people that I get to meet along the way that are fighting the good fight and are out there helping people get their finances right. Awesome. What uh, What's your typical, is there a typical client age for you or is there an asset minimum or what does that look like? Yeah. So as we work with our clients, we really kind of focus on working with people who are in their 30s and 40s. Okay. And are kind of getting to the point where they've got, you know, the basic kind of financial stuff figured out, but they're looking for that next level advice. Like, what do they do once they figure out their budget and they don't know where to save their money other than just putting it into their savings account every month? Awesome. And you're you're an XY member. I am. I am. Yeah. We're, we're both XYPN members. Clint, you used to be. Right. Yeah, that's right. Not not anymore. You you're exiled from the group. No, I'm kidding. You got you got too good for us. So, what 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 are you up to these days? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate it, Kyle. Yeah. Uh, it's great to be on here. Look forward to the to the topic today. Um, I've been in the industry. Oh man, I don't, 20 years or so. Right out of college, it's all I've ever known. So I guess at this point, I better stick with it. Um, have been with a couple firms over the uh, over those years, but uh, as of right now, I started my own practice probably six years ago. Uh, Next Gen Wealth. Um, it's definitely. Six years ago, I would have never thought this is where I'm at today. I, it was a completely different concept of what I was thinking of. So I had a, a lot of iterations over time, uh, which I think this is, is, is pretty normal with, with any business that you start. Uh, but as far as, you know, kind of my specialty and who I work with, uh, I've really begin working with, or really the last couple of years, uh, with folks who are transitioning into retirement. Um, so usually five to 10 years prior to retirement, usually five years. Uh, and then of course, folks who are retired as well, since eventually we'll get them retired. Uh, but not only just the financial aspects that we talk a lot about with clients that, that most know enough to be dangerous, but also a lot of the emotional and behavioral aspects of going from, you know, working 40 years, 40 hours a week to now complete freedom of what do I want to do in these next, you know, my final third of my life? And how does that, how do I want that to look? And how do I actually transition from not having a whole lot of time to having complete time? Um, and how do I want to spend that time that's worthwhile to me? So uh, certainly handle a lot of the financial stuff for clients, but also a lot of those, those things that a lot of people don't think about either. It's got to be an interesting time for you right now with your clients, the the complete freedom to be locked in their houses right now, right? <laughs> so my, my father-in-law is kind of going through that. He just retired at the end of the year. And so it's now it's uh, trying to find things to do. So, <laughs> um, yeah, kind of to your point, things don't always go according to plan. So um, awesome. Awesome. So I, I, I don't know... Um, how next gen's business is doing, but uh, your wife, she works for Hawaiian Rolls, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Their business has to be booming because every time I put an order in at the grocery store, those are always out of stock. Okay. <laughs> so they're always substituting it with the, the generic brand. And so I'm like, man, they must be killing it right now. So they make great sliders. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're not hurting. That's for sure. Yeah. So, well, good deal. So, well, um, like I told you guys, this is kind of like a personal finance, Kathy and Hoda. So, uh, and Clint, 
if I if I recall correctly, you're you're kind of like a um, craft brew expert. Um, I don't know if I would say expert. I I qualify it more as craft brew dork. Okay. We had we had the certified beer judge and Tyler on last episode, so I guess <laughs> expert he gets he gets the uh, crown for expert. But um, where are you drinking today? Uh, I have a beer from a local brewery. I think they've been around about three years now in Brookside called BKS, and uh, BKS is by far. Uh, not by far, but definitely my favorite brewery in the Kansas City area right now. They make some incredible uh, New England IPAs. Anything he makes is is pretty incredible and, and, and tough to get. Oh, okay. Where where are they at in Brookside? Uh, they would be on the east side of uh, kind of you know where everything in Brookside is, just off 63rd and a little west of Troost, probably two blocks. Okay. Okay. Has anything ever taken over the, was it Michael Forbes restaurant? Didn't that have a fire? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't have to go that far. Luckily, wherever BKS is, that's a, that's about another half a mile down the road. So oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. So good deal. And Brandy, I know you're still working hard, so we're, we're, uh, hydrating, right? Water it is for now. Hey, good for you. Good for you. Um, so I am drinking, I, I like to get the samplers from uh, the uh, the liquor store. And I'm drinking a Longboat Brewing Company Neon Blonde Ale. Nice. I don't know. Not too bad. It's my first rodeo with this. Yeah, they're out of so, And I'm, uh, I'm going to put it in my, uh, my buddy's uh, koozie middle finger to cancer it's a uh organization that uh one of my buddies um put together for his uh, uh college golf teammate who lost his middle finger to cancer huh. so they they he literally gave his middle finger to cancer so unger if you're listening to this i'm, I'm sporting your swag buddy um so yeah but anywho before we dive into our topic today, how's how's twenty twenty one going for everyone? Things are going great, right? It, it was supposed to be great, right? It's a new year. <laughs> Things are going great. It's all so, it's all about your perspective. Yeah, right? I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. So, yeah, no, the year's the year's fine. I mean, it feels uh, feels a bit like twenty twenty still, but it's a new year, and uh, oh. I, I'm with Brandy. I am uh, I'm always glass half full, so uh, I expect great things in this year. Amen. I'm there with you. So, all right. So getting into our topic today, when I talk to people and tell them what I do, tell them I'm a financial planner. We build you a financial plan. Um, I am a financial planner. We collect your information. We put it into our software and we build you a financial plan. And I think a lot of people when I tell them that, give me a funny look and they're, they say to themselves, probably, what the hell is a financial plan? And so I was hoping you guys could uh, dive into this with me to help me kind of break down what exactly is a financial plan? How does it differ from say like a budget or something? And um, I guess before we dive into it and give our perspectives, pulling from uh, certified resources here, Investopedia, 
So they give a definition of a financial plan is a document containing a person's current money situation and long-term monetary goals, as well as strategies to achieve those goals. A financial plan may be created independently or with the help of a certified financial planner. Hey, giving us a little plug there. So, um, so yeah, what, what does all that mean, Brandy? Well, I hope it's not as boring as the way Investopedia put it, right? Because yeah. we geek out over this stuff, don't we? When yeah. we have clients that come to us and are like, yes, we're ready to have you build out a financial plan. And we get all excited. And we say, awesome. I'm so excited to run these financial calculations for you. So I would say probably from my um, conversations with clients, it, it is hard to kind of figure out, well, what exactly is this financial plan? Because I think the profession of financial planning has transitioned so much, just even since I've been doing it, to where I think a long time ago, it used to be very much, you know, here's the data and I've got this special program that nobody else has access to that will crunch all these special numbers. And then I'm going to print you out a 80 page document and hand it to you and say, okay, here's your plan for the next 40 years. Try not to deviate and just follow along on the steps and you guys will be good to go. Right. But I think for me, much more um, than an actual like hard document that somebody gets when they want to, um, you know, forge that path towards reaching future financial goals is that financial planning is actually more of an exploring possibilities conversation and trying to help people tie math into how their money works for them to achieve goals. Because I think a lot of the times people, um, don't dream very big because they don't understand how to connect that dot from what they have today to what they want in the future and how that could even be possible with them, you know, saving 5% of their salary to their 401k maybe. And so I think really that's our job in presenting financial plans to clients is to kind of show them how the numbers work out to say, well, if you keep on this path or you continue to do this, then then here is the outcome that you can expect to happen. And is that cool with you? If it is, awesome. If it's not, then what are those adjustments and things that we can help you make along the way to make your plans actually reach out uh, or to allow you to actually reach your goals in the future? Yeah. I, I like some everything you said there. Uh, but there was a certain point there where you said possibilities. And I like that way of framing it. I recently heard Carl Richards and Kit Michael Kitsis, um, Carl Richards being kind of a behavioral thought leader in the industry and Kitsis being the, uh, nerd financial guy in the industry who's, uh, um, well-renowned, but, uh, this, rather than discussing what are your goals, being able to show people what possibilities are with a financial plan, I think is a good way to to frame it uh, because a lot of people don't know. Um, I was I was just kind of looking online at what are some different tools you can use as um, kind of a uh, for financial planning that an individual could do on their own. And a lot of them are calculators that are, well, how much do you project you're going to need in retirement? Well, 
who the hell knows, you know? I mean, there's, uh, to Clint's point, so much can change. And um, that, that's one of the things I say to clients and prospects when meeting with them is we're going to put together this financial plan. And I can tell you one thing, it's going to be wrong. And their eyes light up and they're like, what, what, why am I meeting with you? And, and we I paid say, you how much to tell us we're going to be wrong? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's going to be wrong, but it is the best thing that you can do compared to anything else because we're making so many different assumptions. And especially with younger individuals, I, I say, we're projecting out that you're going to get a, you know, two and a half percent raise each year for the rest of your career and you're 30. Things are going to change between now and then. You're probably going to take a different job, um, ideally for more pay, those sorts of things. And so it's, it's, but it's the best thing that we can do. So Clint, what, what do you think? Uh, <laughs> that's a great question. I, I feel like I've, uh, defined or told uh, prospective clients or, or any conversations what a financial plan is, I don't know, a million different ways over you know the last umpteen years. Uh, but I think what I've, I've finally realized is, you know, I, I try to explain it as simple as possible. And to me, you know, a financial plan in its simplest terms is really just a glorified to-do checklist of things that we need to put in place in order for our clients to accomplish those goals. I mean, and really that's it. And we're their accountability partner to help out and do as much as we can along the way with them, knowing that, you know, so we're going to be able to accomplish some things immediately. Other things aren't going to, they're going to take a lot longer. New things are going to pop up. Old things we're not going to care about anymore, but essentially, I think it just comes down to is we're just creating this big checklist of things that we need to do in order to get you where you want to be and, you know, knocking off all those goals that you want to accomplish. And I would say just to add one more thing to that, I feel like a financial plan for a lot of clients as well, too, is more of helping them understand what their true priorities in life are as well. Because I know that you guys have had this experience before where, you know, sometimes you have clients come in and for all you listeners out there, don't do this. Don't tell us things that you think a financial advisor wants you to be planning for, for your future. Because a financial plan is much more about the prospective client's unique life that they want to live and not necessarily about me and what I want to hear you say. So a lot of the times we have people who'll come in and meet with us and say, I need a financial plan because I want to make sure I'm saving enough for retirement, right? Yeah. Well, we start drilling down into it and we come to find out, well, retirement can mean a hundred different things to a hundred different people, right? And exactly. very rarely do we have somebody walk in the door to what you were saying, Kyle, when you were reading that Investopedia definition. Nobody walks in the door and says, here's what I have today, and I would like to retire age 62, and I will need $5,298 a month, um, and these are my specific things. I'm going to die when I'm 85 because, you know, I always joke when people tell us when they're going to kick the bucket, we can easily run that math calculation to make sure they don't ever run out of money, right? So it's not as cut and dry as what a lot of people would like to think. 
more so it is about saying, well, here's the thing that's most important to you. And so here's the thing that we can focus on helping you save for into the future. As long as you're willing to focus on this, knowing you might have to give up, you know, C and D goals if A is the one that's most important to you. But if we come to find out that we're running the calculations and they realize, well, you know what, Brandy, goal A, B, and C are super important to me. So how am I going to achieve that if I'm not willing to budge on what my priorities are? And then, you know, the option is, we'll make more money or save more money or spend less money. The spend less is always the hardest thing. (laughs) No, uh, no avocado toast. (laughs) <laughs> no avocado. Yeah, I've, I've right. never had avocado toast, so I, I don't know. But. No, I, I'll agree. I'll, 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 everything Brandy said, I feel like I, I hear that a lot from uh, individuals that I talk to. Because um, I, I feel like I talk to somebody and they tell me what they think they're supposed to say to me. Like, you, it, it's always, you know, I want to retire someday. I want to send my kids to college. You know, there's like the same three or four answers that everybody thinks that's what they're supposed to say. But I also found that, you know, that a lot of people haven't, have never really given it much thought either. Like, what are the real, what are the goals that we want to achieve? And like a lot of times spouses haven't even talked about it much and, and yeah. given it much thought. So it, so, so them coming in and us asking that question right off the bat um, is a fine question to ask, but I also think it makes people a little uncomfortable too because they're like, oh, crap, I've never even really given this a whole lot of thought. And this is a big, important question to think about. Yeah. Well, on that note too, Clint, I just have to tell a little story. It was funny. I was having um, a discovery call with a new client the other day and they got so frustrated by saying, man, I wish you would have sent me these questions in advance. So I had a lot of time to think about it because I don't know. I've not put a lot of thought, but, but obviously guys, that's the point. We want to kind of catch you off guard with these things that maybe you haven't thought about to give you permission to let you know it's okay to think about your future financial goals a little differently than maybe what you think you should be saying like retirement and kids college and you know, um, all these things that people constantly say, and it's not until we start drilling down into, well, what makes you happy? What do you like spending money on? What are the values that you value? Um, You know, and then even in a couple aspect asking, and they don't have to be the same. And it's okay that you don't have the same values as maybe your husband or your wife doesn't have the same values as you guys together, it's that's our job is to kind of help you figure out how to bridge the gap and put your money to work towards those things that are super important for you and your family. So everybody can be happy, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, our, our goal is to figure out what's important to them and how they want to spend their time and figure out how to make that possible for them. Um, just for instance, I was speaking with someone yesterday or the other day and the goal was, I've got a job, I've got side hustles. And my ultimate goal is to make enough money so I can spend more time with my kids, um, is my family, my kids and my family. Another person I met with, um, it was, 
I want to retire in my mid forties, you know, spend my time traveling, doing things that I want to do. I want to become financially independent. Now what, what that means, you know, truly retiring at that age, isn't like your typical retirement. Most likely, most likely there's, you know, an encore career, a consulting gig that they would do, you know, and so it's not the typical retire, start collecting social security, yada, yada, yada. And so it's, it's, it's unique to everyone of what their goals are. Um, I think for us, it's kind of the process. We take them through the same process, but every situation is unique, right? Um, Brandy, Brandy, what was your analogy for the financial plan? Clint said it's kind of like a giant checklist. <laughs> yeah, kind of like a giant checklist. So one of the things that I say to describe it, and sometimes it's a little hokey, analogies can be, but when I talk about the process, I tell people, okay, when you're planning to go somewhere on a destination, right, you have to know where you're going. So those are your goals. And the financial plan is your roadmap on how you're going to get to that goal, right? And then I even explain a little further, because a lot of the times people want to put the investment, you know, cart before the horse, so to speak. And I say, you know, the investment strategy is something that we figure out after we've got the map done, right? Because you have the roadmap first. And the investment strategy is more like figuring out what vehicle you're going to get there to reach your destination. So are you driving a Honda Accord or are you jumping in a private jet? And that's what we have to figure out is how do we get you to that goal? And that's your investment strategy or your saving strategy. I'll take the latter. <laughs> um, you you kind of stole mine. So I, I describe it as that. It, it's like a roadmap it's your financial roadmap, right? And I get a lot of people that want like a financial plan in hand. And I, and I tell them, you know, I, I'll do that. I'll build you a financial plan. You'll get a PDF of your financial plan. But the instant I print that, it's dead. And so I compare it. I, I tell them, so I have financial planning software like you all do, I'm assuming. Um, I tell them, you know, for my ongoing clients, I like to live in the online platform of the financial planning software because as we know, life changes. And once we print that, we can't change it. We can't adapt it. And so really focusing on more our online platform for the financial plan to you know make tweaks here and there. And so I, I kind of compare it to a printed financial plan is kind of the old fashioned roadmap, right? Whereas the online financial plan is kind of like Google Maps right? It adjusts to detours and all that sorts of things um, on your route to where you're trying to go. And so that, that's like, that's how I try to describe it to, to folks. So how do, how do I do on my analogy? Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, um, but uh, so I guess what all does the financial plan encompass, I think is kind of what, what a lot of folks probably have questions about how is it different from say like a budget or something. And, and I, I, I tell people, you know, the budget fits into the financial plan. It's, I see that as kind of the backbone of the financial plan. It's what makes it work because we can put together this financial plan 
at the end of the day, if we make these assumptions, but your spending exceeds what the what our assumptions are, it's just going to the plan's not going to work. It's not going to get you to where you want to be. So um, if you're trying to drive that car with flat tire, it's not going to work. You're not going to get far. Right. So, um, yeah, I guess maybe dig into what are the things that um, you're looking at when it comes to the financial plan? What the, what is it built? What builds the financial plan, you know, where it's cash flows, retirement projections, those sorts of things. And how, how do you, how do you guys utilize those, those different things? Sure. And I'm a, I'm a huge believer kind of Kyle, what you talked about is that cash flow is the, the key that unlocks what you can do. Um, when it comes to your finances. So figuring out the cash flow, which some people want to do budgeting. Some people do, uh, we do a process called cash flow mapping. Um, it's a little less intense than budgeting. So what we're trying to do is if you're to evaluate, you know, like a business financial statement is you want to know what that free cash flow is every year or every month. Like how much do you have available to put towards your financial goals. Um, because if we're not in a place where we're cash flow positive yet, then there's probably a whole heck of a lot of other work that needs to get done behind the scenes before you're ready to start implementing that, you know, savings and investing strategy um, full force. But I would say there's a lot of areas that go into the financial plan. Everything, you know, from how are you going to finance a major purchase down the road? Um, for example, a lot of my clients I work with are probably in their 30s, 40s, maybe even early 50s. So there's a whole heck of a lot of time that they might want to use their money for things before they reach that golden retirement age, or as the IRS says, that 59 and a half age where you can <laughs> officially touch your retirement money without penalties. So, you know, a financial plan is about mapping out the goals and the timelines to the goals, but really trying to figure out how do you balance all of that? How do you balance living an enjoyable life today, but yet still being fiscally responsible and thinking about your future? And honestly, what I'm trying to help people do is figure out what is that minimum amount of money that you actually have to dedicate towards your long, long, long long-term financial goals And as long as we can do that bare minimum, then look at all this extra money that you have to do the fun stuff that you want to do today. Yeah. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll kind of go into um, my thought process behind uh, cash flow, because I I feel like uh, with you all having maybe a little younger clientele uh, and I'm on the other end, that it's a little different. uh, look that I have because most of the most of the individuals that I that come to me have usually done a pretty good job of saving over the years uh, and they may have a financial advisor already they may not have a financial advisor already but they're to a point where they're like man I've I, I'm about tired of working it's probably coming up here pretty soon do I do I even do I have enough where I can actually maybe consider to stop working do I not have enough um, and that's where I would come in to figure out hey are are you on track? And really just, you know, for, for everybody, it comes down to, you know, how much do you need to live off of? And I can easily tell you if you can get there or if, if you're there or not. Um, and if you, you know, if you, <laughs> if you're, if you need a whole lot to live off of, then you're going to need to have saved a whole lot over the years uh, and vice versa. 
Um, so for me, it's it's more about kind of income planning as opposed to cash flow planning. So it's kind of the opposite end uh, for what you guys are doing. And really, that's that's by far the most important thing that people want to know is like, okay, here's where I'm at. Do I have the option to actually retire here pretty soon uh, or am I not even close? And I, and I feel like most people that I talk with when it, when it comes to these things is you know, they've done a really good job. They know enough to be dangerous. They may have worked with somebody. They may have never worked with anybody before, uh, but they just they're at a point where they actually need to hire somebody or pay somebody for that peace of mind to know, hey, yay or nay. Can I get there or am I there? What do I need to get there? What do I need to do to get there or not? Yeah. Yeah. And I would probably add on to Clint, like, don't you find for a lot of retirees or pre-retirees, their biggest concern or their biggest quandary really is how do I take this awesome nest egg of money that I have saved and how does that convert into me being able to you know, turn it into an income stream for myself, right? Like, how do I take this big pot of money and how do I flip that switch in my brain that now I don't just have a, a paycheck coming in every month and so I just spend whatever I want and save whatever I can to flipping it to going, hey, guess what? You don't have to save anymore. And now we just got to be really careful to make sure that your spending kind of stays in these parameters so then that way you don't blow your playing out of the water completely. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. no, I, it's, that's exactly right. Most people that I speak with, and I feel that you would kind of consider the millionaire next door, have no idea that they've, you know, accumulated this amount of money. Uh, you know, most of my clients maybe have, you know, a uh, million to $2 million. You'd never know it ever. And the issue mostly for them is they have plenty enough to retire on. It's more, getting them to actually spend money in retirement. And I completely understand where they're coming from because, you know, I have hopefully have a long ways to go um, until I retire just because I enjoy what I'm doing. But I like being able to flip the switch from going to saving for the last, you know, 40 years of my life all the way to now I'm going to start pulling this money out. Like that's just super awkward and hard to even fathom because you're just like, well, I don't want to run out of money. What if I run out of money? <laughs> um, and so I completely understand where they're coming from. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it takes a lot of conversations to get people to understand that, Hey, you've done a really good job, you know, take advantage of this. You know, uh, you've, you've earned this, spend some of this money, enjoy what you've been putting off for the last 30 or 40 years that you didn't have time for. Cause that's what I feel like most people, you know, most people's ultimate goal is to get to a place where they have the time to do the things that they actually want to do. They can finally call the shots. That's that's most yep. people's ultimate goal is having complete freedom of time to do whatever it is they want to do without somebody else telling them what they have to do. Uh, but it's really hard to get there from a mindset shift. Yeah, Financial freedom and independence. That's that's what that's what I call it. Um, and that, that's what I, that's my goal for all my clients is to help them find that where, um, they are not relying on anyone else for their income, but to kind of, to your point, both of your points, it's people just want to know they have enough that they're going to have enough. And we, we help them figure that out and what they need to do, 
um, to figure that out. And um, my the the clients I typically work with, you know, being younger are kind of to Clint's point at a different stage. So um, it's less about we've accumulated all this now. How do we not spend it all? It's um, kind of going with the hilltop theme. I'm trying to help my clients get to their financial peak, right? Whereas most of your clients are at their financial peak and they need a guide down so they don't, you know, trip and fall down the mountain and kill themselves. Um, mine is my clients are at the base of the mountain and I'm the guide that's going to walk them to the peak of the mountain. And so we focus on cash flows and what do you need to do? A lot of ours is short term focused because for a lot of our, my clients, it's, Retirement is so far out in the future that I don't even want to look at that because things are going to change. Like we said earlier, things, the only thing that stays the same is everything changes. Was that Alan Jackson or something? Um, <laughs> so I think get an opportunity to ask you guys what your walk up song is. Maybe we'll have to close out with that. So, um, but yeah, so with the financial planning software that we utilize, so we're able, we plug in your income, then we look at what you're currently saving, your savings rate, and we look at, you know, ballpark expenses. So, um, Brandy, you talked about budgeting. Some clients don't like to do budgeting. I'd be interested to learn more about your, uh, did you call it a spending map or spending web? Expense cash flow web? map. Cash flow map. I'd be interested yeah. to learn more about that. So, because trying to get a client to, who's never done a budget to instantly do a budget, that, that takes a little work um, and it's kind of an overwhelming task for them. But at the end of the day, we just need to know, to your point, how much do we have to work with here? You know, what are kind of your fixed expenses that we know are going to be there? Your rent, your mortgage payment, um, health insurance, you're going to need to buy food, those sorts of things. What do we have left over to work with to do different things to help you accomplish your goals? And so getting a general idea of what expenses look like and then looking at kind of what your current financial situation is with what do you have in the bank account as far as savings, um, retirement savings, your retirement accounts, maybe your 401k um, with your employer, a Roth, Roth IRA, um, looking at all that stuff and piecing it all together. And then we plop some goals in there as far as, um, you know, with Every, so with my clients, I kind of run them through the whole Dave Ramsey process, if you will, the, the seven baby steps. And so that's kind of the process framework I use with them to get them out of debt, build a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months, and then really start to focus on the retirement, um, saving for retirement and, and uh, other goals beyond that. Um but yeah, it's it really kind of looking into the cash flows to see how all that fits together and see if we have enough to, you know, get debt paid off and save for retirement and how all those things fit together in, in a given year. So um, I don't know if that makes sense, but. Yeah. yeah, well, and even to do the fun stuff, too, I think. Sometimes people forget back to our original comment that we were making that when they come to meet with a financial planner that we have to talk about retirement and we have to talk about college funding and setting up those 529 accounts. But a lot of the times it's like, heck, we've wanted to remodel our basement for forever. How do we do that? And what's the most efficient and effective use of our money to make sure 
that we can do that without completely sabotaging our plans for the future, you know? Yeah. And, and what's that, what's that right answer? And what's that balance? Like I always come back to that word balance. Cause I think that that's just so important in what we do is to try to help people understand that it is a balancing act and there's no right or wrong answer. And I think my thing is that people struggle with the most is when they're trying to do DIY their own finances and financial plan is that we have this compartmentalized way to think about financial goals. And it's, well, first I'm going to do this, which is maybe pay that credit card off. And then the second I pay that credit card off, then I can put that money in the savings account. And then once that savings account gets to X number of dollars, then I'll increase my 401k contribution. And then once I get 80,000 in my 401k, then I'll start funding my kids call. So it's just this series of events, but as we are all well aware, life changes constantly and you constantly get pushed off track to where you feel like you're starting over, starting over, starting over. So really a lot of our job is just helping them figure out how do you do, how do you, how do you balance concurrent goals at the same time? And how do you put a little bit of attention towards everything all at once instead of completely sabotaging yourself into saying, you know, well, I can't start that until I get this one thing finished because inevitably something crazy will happen and knock you off your track. (laughs) Yeah. My son asked me if I could juggle the other day in the car. I said, well, I could probably juggle one thing. Um, (laughs) And I, I think that's to kind of what you're saying is it's easy to juggle one thing at a time, but when you start doing two, three, four, five things at a time, that gets complicated. And that's, that's hard to, you know, do on your own a lot of the times. Um, and so I think that's kind of where we come in is help, help people manage, juggle multiple goals at the same time, um, and give them some guidance. So Clinton. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think that's exactly right. It's, you know, one of our big jobs is not only, you know, creating this financial plan of, of things to do and task and action items, but I think just as important is it's, it's prioritizing it. Like we don't have to do all this stuff at once. Like we're not, you know, I, I've definitely learned the hard way. Like you don't want to overwhelm them by it, by any means. Um, you certainly want to be comprehensive, but you only want to work on, you know, the most important things right now. We don't have to work on everything at the same time. It's very much so about prioritizing and, uh, you know, to kind of go what uh, Brandy said, it's a, it, it's a, it's a balancing act and it's, it's not, you know, it's not black and white. It's, it's totally gray in this balancing act because, yeah, we all know that we need to save money and put money away for retirement or rainy day or whatever it is. But also, like, we got to live life, too. Like, we want to experience things and do things and spend this money, too, because who knows how long our life is going to you know, last either. And you don't want to you know, go by you know, saving every dime that you have and never get to do anything that you did. Um, because you, you just, that's what your mindset was the entire time. So it's, it's, so not only do I think as financial planners, we have to help people save, um, because there's definitely those people, but those people who are really good at saving already, we have to help them experience life too, and spend some of that money as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard numerous, uh, retirees with kind of the regret of, I wish I would have done something sooner when I was able, because, uh, 
you know, they're no longer able to go travel Europe and go backpacking and that sort of thing. And so, um, it's, we focus on this whole savings thing, but also you can't take it to the grave with you. So take some time to also enjoy it along the way. Well, and I think to that point too, it's a lot about giving people permission to use their money for the things that we've already built into their plans for them. Because I know Clint, you probably struggle with this a lot with some of your already retired clients. It's like, we planned for you to take $30,000 to do your kitchen remodel. We plan for you to spend X number of dollars every year on traveling. And yet here we are three years into retirement and you've not taken any of this money out to do any of that stuff that you wanted to do. So it's like, what are you waiting for? And it's just, it's, it's more of a psychological thing that you have to help people with is to give them permission to use their money in a way that is going to give them joy or help them um, do the things that they plan for. Because I think we've just been so ingrained our entire lives, like not to spend, not to, you know, we got to save everything in coming from like a fear-based or um, scarcity mindset constantly when it, when we think about money. And so it's really hard, especially in retirement, to flip that switch and say, no, it's okay. That's the whole reason I've been working, you know, with Clint for the last 10 years is because he's telling me that we planned for this. And when it's time, it's time. Go buy the Corvette. Like we've built it into the plan and you have plenty of money to go do it. So go do it. Right. You have permission. <laughs> we're, we're giving you permission. So I, I, I thought it'd be easy to talk about explain what a financial plan is. I'm finding out this is a little more complicated than I thought. So, but, but it's, it's a comprehensive guide to your personal financial situation, right? And so we, we take all those inputs, your income, your savings rates, your expenses, what you have saved currently. We wrap, throw your goals in there. We sprinkle them in there and it feeds out into these cash flow projections, but it also takes into account your investment projections of, you know, if you keep saving this month, if we project out, how much are you going to have at the end of your plan or when you're, you know, 75 or that sort of thing based on maintaining your expenses at this certain level and growing it over time and um, how your investment mix fits into it. And then, you know, what, looking at how, how this affects your taxes based on the current codes and, um, are there ways to reduce your taxes? Um, and so it's, it's really a comprehensive financial picture. Um, I, I say, as a financial planner, I'm different than your typical financial advisor because most of the time they're focused just on the investment piece of the puzzle. Whereas as a financial planner, I'm focused on the whole picture, the whole puzzle. The investment piece is, is a piece to the puzzle. Um, but we're looking at everything, like I mentioned, taxes, investing, retirement, cash flow. <laughs> and so um, it, it, it's kind of a complex thing. It is. It, it is. It's. It is. It's super complex, and I mean that. And that's what their our clients are paying us to do, is you know review, consider, go into depth for all these things that maybe they've thought of or things they've never even thought of before. And then it's a matter of 
relating it to them in their own language and not getting too deep unless they want to get that deep. I found most of my clients really are very surface level. Just, you know, tell me what it is that I need to know or that I need to do. To do. And if we want to get deeper and we want to dive into the numbers even, even to a greater detail, we certainly can. But I think really it's our way, you know, what our goal is, is to create all this comprehensive, crazy stuff and then relay it to them in simplified terms that they understand. So hopefully they'll actually do these types of things. Yeah. Right. Well, and also another valid point of the experience and expertise you get from working with a professional certified financial planner is that there's a lot of intricacy into the data that goes into the plans, right, guys? So the assumptions that have mm-hmm. to be used, because there's, uh, you know, Kyle mentioned, you mentioned earlier, there's all these calculators that are free and available for people to use online. But how do you know what to input into those calculators? And it's, you know, yeah. garbage in, garbage out, right? Like, so I've had clients a lot of times talk about how, well, I've gone on to my 401k website and they've got like a retirement calculator and I plug it in and gosh, Brady, the numbers that they're showing me are way different than the stuff that you and I have talked about. And it's just like, well, yeah, because we as financial planners go into depth and detail in really trying to understand um, what your current financial situation is or what your, those financial needs are, because we know already that we have to put inflation expectations into these assumptions. We know that we have to put spending expectations into these assumptions, knowing that you're not going to spend in a straight line your entire life, especially when we're running projections out for 60 years at a time. You know, we have to take into consideration that at certain times of your life, maybe your your pre-retiree health insurance is going to cost like three times as much as it costs when you finally hit that 65 age range and flip over into a Medicare plan. You know, these are things that we know just because we have reps and putting these projections and running these things for people all the time. We also know what... um, expectations are for typical diversified asset allocation types of portfolios and not only what they have done in the past, but what we can expect for them to do in the future. And so it's so important to understand that a lot of this stuff, while we might not get into the weeds with it, with you as we're presenting these plans, it's all that fine print little detail stuff that that clients need to know that there's true, you know, expertise behind understanding what the correct assumptions are to even put into place or even spending. I mean, gosh, guys, how many times have you heard the age old rule that in retirement, you'll only need between 60 or 70 percent of what your current income is today? No. So that's a cool rule of thumb, but in actuality, I experience that not to be true. And clients pretty much need 100% of what they're used to earning in retirement, because if you're not going to spend it on something or on what you used to spend it on, you're sure is that going to find something else cooler to spend that money on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Our plans are custom tailored to your situation. They're custom tailored wrong, 
but at least they're custom tailored. That generic calculator that's out there, it's just wrong, right? Because it's, it's built for generic average person. And like we said, everyone's unique with their own situation. So I'm on number two now. So Boulevard wheat, old reliable, if anybody's counting. So, um, well, I, I don't want to take too much of your time up. Um, I know we, we've, uh, I want to be respectful of your guys' time. So I guess, uh, I was doing some searching, trying to figure out if someone wanted to put together a financial plan on their own, what's available to them out there software wise. I wasn't finding very much. I think personal wealth or personal capital. Personal capital at this point. Personal capital is the only one that I've seen that can do. Yeah, that's the only one I would be able to name. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even then, it sounds like you guys know the details more than I do. But even then, if you want an advisor or um, you're going to pay something for it. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I like I said, I, I was looking all over. I couldn't find anything. So, I mean, this is, we have specialty software that we use to build these things. And um, Clint, to your point is we produce this financial plan. And I tell clients this, I say, I'm going to give you this financial plan that's like 50, 75 pages thick. I'm going to give you a one page financial plan that basically summarizes all that. That's just the backup to tell you that everything in this one page plan is right. Um, or where we're getting all the details from. But our goal to to what you're saying is to take that plan and interpret it for the clients so they can understand it. And that's what I try to do with a one-page financial plan. And it's, it's basically, here's what we found. Here's what our recommended actions are. Here's what I want you to do. Um, and here are the things I'm going to help you with. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I do with it. It's kind of the Carl Richards... Um, I cheated. He says one page plan. I did front and back. So, um, but yeah, Carl Richards, the one page financial plan book. I'll put that in the show notes. So um, I guess just kind of closing out who needs a financial plan. And I, I think um, a good way to lead this off is a quote by Zig Ziglar. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. So, I kind of think everybody needs some sort of financial plan. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah. Duh. I mean, <laughs> we're a little biased, right? Yeah. Uh, Everyone needs a financial plan. You know, everybody. But to your point, Kyle, or Zig Ziglar's point, I guess we should say, you know, a financial plan is really just kind of opening your brain up to think about possibilities of the future, because otherwise we get so bogged down in our day-to-day grind and our day-to-day life. And especially, you know, when you're, you're younger and you've got kids at home and a family and you're just trying to get dinner on the table before you go to bed and wake up the next day and do it all again. Financial planning is truly an exercise to help you understand, you know, what your goals are, what your priorities are, and then what are those steps that you can take to actually, you know, achieve that life that you want to have. And and sometimes you need that outside objective third party to pull those ideas out of you because left to your own devices, it's really easy to push it off until a future date. 
and push it off and push it off and push it off until all of a sudden you're like, heck, I want to stop working next week. What do I should do? You know, what should I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, yeah. And obviously I'm completely biased too, but I don't, but I don't think when it comes to a financial plan, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a crazy comprehensive thing that is just completely overwhelming either, you know, so, so there's, there's, there's extreme varying degrees to what a financial plan is depending on the, the individual situation. You know, somebody who just graduated from college, their financial plan is, you know, probably, you know, uh, saving money in their 401k to at least to get their full match, you know, paying down any student loans or debts that they have and building up an emergency savings account. Like that's it. That's their financial plan right there. Whereas, you know, somebody who's close to retirement, you know, their financial plan is, you know, completely reviewing their portfolio. Do they have enough money saved for retirement? How much can they take out on a monthly basis? Reviewing, you know, different tax strategies or Roth conversions and estate planning. And, you know, the list goes on and on. So everybody needs one, but some are just going to be more comprehensive, more comprehensive than others. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, people's situation varies on complexity and that's why my pricing is complexity based, which <laughs> it is always fun trying to explain to each other, but kind of what Clint was saying, I said, you know, an individual that's fresh out of college has a much different situation than somebody that's a pre-retiree that's got a, you know, seven figure portfolio that wants to make sure they have enough to live the rest of their life, you know, um, and not run out of money. So it's, it's kind of different. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Before I kind of close out things, in uh, my typical episodes, the standard episodes, uh, I ask everyone what their walk-up song would be. <laughs> so I am curious. I will I will lead off in the theme of baseball here. I have been running around the house because that's the only place I can go, apparently, uh, singing Kenny Chesney, All the Pretty Girls. It's been running in my head. And... Um, the part about whiskey going to my head. I don't, I don't know, but it's just been going to my head. So I'll, I'll say that that would be my walk up song today. Brandy, what about you? I know you're a big sports fan, so. I am a big sports fan and I'm, but I just can't even wrap my mind around what a walk up song would be for me. Right now. What what kind of music are you into? I like all music. I know I'm one of those people. I listen to country. I listen to rock and roll and old and new and all sorts of good stuff. So just play me a medley, I guess. What's uh, what's the best concert you've ever been to? I can't even say that because <laughs> I've had hundreds of concerts. I can't even tell you what a best one would be. I love concerts. Okay. All of them. All of them are my favorite. All right. We'll, we'll get you next time you're on. on so next time. won't be taken by surprise. Clay, how about you? <laughs> I have no idea. I was thinking that too. But the only thing that pops in my head, and I have no idea, and it means nothing at all, but I feel like it's just got a little bit of the right amount of corniness to it is uh, like Eye of the Tiger. 
Oh, nice. I, I have nothing. It means nothing at all to me. It's probably just because that's the first song that popped into my head. All right. You're a tiger. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. No, I'm all over the board. So I think I uh, my first episode, it was Taylor Swift. Um, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have guessed that. I'm kind of a closet Taylor. Actually, I'm not in the closet about that. I'm open about it. Yeah, you're like out Swift. So for my birthday, a few years ago, I bought one of her, her, uh, albums on Apple music or whatever it's called now. So, um, but yeah, I'm kind of all over the board with, uh, uh, that country rap. So top gun. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, no, no. So I'm working on building a Spotify playlist of walk-up songs. So, um, but we'll get you guys on again and, and uh, we'll add Aya the Tiger to that and then we'll get Brandy. <laughs> so tell everybody where they can find you guys, Brandy. Yeah, you can, um, you can absolutely find me online at beyond.wealth.com. And um, you can also find us on Facebook. You can find us on LinkedIn. We're all over the web. Um, yeah, that's the best place to reach me. All right. Yes. Beyond dash wealth. There's a lot of beyond wealth out there, beyond wealth advisors, beyond wealth planning. So I, I was, I was good when I was Googling, I stumbled upon some of those. So beyond dash wealth.com. So Clint, how about you? Uh, the same, uh, my website is definitely the easiest way to get a hold of me. Uh, nextgen-wealth.com. That's N-E-X-T-G-E-N-Wealth.com. Uh, I mean, it's on all the socials that are out there too. But uh, yeah, if you're looking to get in touch or have questions, uh, the website uh, contact form is the easiest. Awesome. Well, we'll put all that in the show notes, how everyone can contact you. Um, and then uh, I guess you guys mentioned it earlier, but uh, getting help building a financial plan with the help of a certified financial planner. So I guess that just leaves kind of one question left. What the hell is a certified financial planner? Hey, you made it. Way to go. Thanks for listening to Personal Finance from the Hilltop. I hope you enjoyed the show today. And you can find more information about our guests in the show notes. We'll continue with our What the Hell Is series in our next episode, and maybe you heard some teasers in there as to what we'll be talking about next. And we're going to continue to bring you this podcast jam-packed with information you want to know about personal finance so you're equipped to make the best decisions for your situation. Now, if you'd like more information about me or Hilltop Financial Planning, you can visit hilltopfp.com, no dash, for links and resources mentioned in the podcast, be sure to check out the show notes, um, which also includes uh, our little fun facts. Also, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you get all the new episodes when they drop. If you like today's episode and want more of this content, I'm going to ask you for a little favor and leave us a five-star review um, of the episode and the podcast. Not sure exactly what that does, but hey, stars are good, right? You can find Personal Finance from The Hilltop on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, The Hilltop website, and Amazon Music. Again, as long as the tech overlords allow us on there. At Hilltop, we continue to bring on new clients, so if you or someone you know are interested in discussing how we can help you find financial freedom, go to our website and click on Schedule a Call in the upper right-hand corner. 
we offer a free 30-minute introductory call. There's no sales pitch. It's just a conversation about you and what you're looking for and how I can help. Now, lastly, the dreadful, scary disclaimer that my attorneys on retainer want me to mention. Okay, let's be honest. I don't have attorneys on retainer. I don't even have attorneys. Bill Richmond is not on my payroll. This is what I was advised by my compliance group to disclose, and that is everything on this podcast is my opinion or my guest's opinion and is not meant to be taken as investment advice because I'm not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as a fiduciary. This podcast is for educational purposes only. Hilltop Financial Planning LLC is a state-registered investment advisor in the state of Missouri, but serves clients nationwide where exempt from registration. Another episode of Personal Finance from the Hilltop in the books. Signing off from the Hilltop, I'm Kyle Hill.